Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Friday, May 21st, and it is quarterfinals weekend. Boys and girls, we have two weekends left in the 2021 college lacrosse season. It's coming to an end, but we've got an unreal slate of games to get into this weekend, so let's not waste any time. With me, as always, we've got Jake on the mics, and we are also joined by Doug. So, Shido, how you feeling heading into quarterfinal weekend uh, as some of these teams head to Long Island and some of these teams are moving over to South Bend, Indiana? Uh, it's, I'm feeling pretty good. Fortunately, we're recording during, during the day. So you guys are getting, uh, daytime Jake. I was pretty much comatose the last time we were recording. So, uh, uh, the, the monotone voice in my takes, I'll, I'll have a little bit more energy behind it this time, but, uh, looking forward to the weekend. It's going to be a, it's going to be a nice one. Uh, the slate of games is just ridiculous. Um, I, I know I know Dukes is pumped. He's been just absolutely pushing content for us on Instagram, which is absolutely wild. Also, uh, defending defending his takes in the Instagram comments, fucking hysterical. Somebody was trying to, somebody was like, uh, like Syracuse is good, bro. And Dukes was like, Yeah, you know, 51 points scored against them in six games. Doing great. <laughs> like 50, 51 point margin in six games. Absolutely great. So Appreciate that, that Dukes. I, I, how, do you, how do you feel about going on the weekend? I feel great. Uh, I'm really excited for this weekend. I think that the two hosts, Notre Dame and Hofstra, I think those are the two best stadiums to watch quarterfinals games. Uh, I don't know. I always grew up near Hofstra. It's like in my backyard. So I'd always go to the quarterfinals games. And that thing gets packed out like that. When Hofstra's filled up, it's sad because like COVID it won't happen. But when Hofstra's filled up, I think it's the best atmosphere for college across. And then Notre Dame playing at Notre Dame. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some students getting rowdy on that lawn. Uh, I don't know if that, like graduation already happened or whatnot, but those two atmospheres are going to be unreal this weekend. But yeah, the, the Instagram comments this week were nuts. I, I like I see people coming at me about Syracuse, like, oh, you guys are chirping Syracuse all the time. Like, go after Johns Hopkins. It's like Johns Hopkins and Syracuse have been the same number of Final Four since 2011. And Johns Hopkins made changes. So, like, what's the difference between Johns Hopkins and Syracuse? So, yeah, had some fun dunking on some uh, dweebs in the Instagram comments. Yeah, if, if you're going to come uh, yeah, no, in the let's, comments, let's, you, you better No more dweebs. Correct. Yeah, no more dweebs. Stay away. Um, yeah, no, I – I, I do think it's it's a little a little shisty that Notre Dame the the lower seed gets to play at home for the quarterfinals, but like whatever I I will agree that like that that side the hill on that sideline always makes for some good uh, fan content as well. Uh, so you know as, as long as as long as that gets packed out, that'll be a uh, def, definitely a cool atmosphere for those quarterfinal games on Sunday. Uh, so yeah, I mean big big weekend ahead of us for lacrosse. But we've also we, we got a little something else to talk about right off the bat here. Uh, we, we've got a big seven years coming up here for lacrosse, and, and that is the push for the 2028 Summer Olympics. And we finally got an idea of the version of lacrosse that we will potentially see in the Olympics in 2028 when uh, World Lacrosse, they just unveiled uh, their new... I guess they call it a discipline, which which makes it kind of seem like martial arts, which I don't know. That, 
I'm, I'm not going to call it a discipline. But either way, World Lacrosse comes out with World Lacrosse sixes. Uh, and obviously, like everything else that happens in the lacrosse world, that got lacrosse Twitter buzzing. Uh, so a lot of people feeling a lot of different ways. And uh, no one crazy to think about this but uh no one on the internet really seems to be open-minded they all have their their own ideas of what they believe and uh if you try to change their mind about it they will just uh they'll say fuck you shut up and you're an idiot so uh world across sixes I, I feel like we have three separate uh takes on this one so um you know I'm, I'm gonna start off right away by saying i think it's electric um I've, I'm on the record of saying that I think that box lacrosse is a better product for television than field lacrosse. I, I think that there's just more action. It's quicker paced. I, I know that the PLL has done a great job of bringing the field game to that quicker pace with the smaller fields and, and, the, sh- and the quicker shot clocks. Um, but this just kind of does that to a whole new level because it's basically box lacrosse just outside. Um, so, you know, I, I know that I feel pretty good about world lacrosse sixes being the the discipline of lacrosse that uh will hopefully be featured in the olympics but i know uh i i know both of you guys might be roaring at the bit to uh change my mind here so you know how, how are you guys feeling about sixes with the announcement the video that came out the video sucked those guys all sucked at lacrosse i think that, that was probably the biggest issue why people hated it but go ahead i think it was more like the floor I mean, I saw, I think I saw Jerry's take, Jerry Raganese, I saw his take and I was like, that's, that's pretty, I fell in line with him. So Jerry's take, and, and, and I agree with it, is that like, you know, the, the, the new sixes version is to get, you know, new eyes on the game, but where are they going to see that outside of the game? I think it's confusing for the fact that they'll have to sift through and yes, the rules are different all, all around, but that's already confusing enough for us right like you and you and me and dukes like we're, we're involved in the game so like we know like yeah nfhs and ncaa are completely different i know them you know off the top of my head you know you know them you know uh actually you can't read so you you well, just I kind actually, of i actually that. don't know that because i i'll, I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let you i'll let you have the floor back in in a second here but um, you don't know them well, when I was going off on bill tierney for not calling the timeout towards the end of that game i yeah, had there's forgot 20 seconds well, I, I had forgot that uh, in college you have to get it into the box before you can call that timeout. Yeah. Um, so not the yeah. case in high school, but yeah. So again, so we're very involved in lacrosse and even we don't know the rules. Well, I don't know the rules, but yeah, go ahead, Jake. Well, yeah. So they, yeah, they had to get it over within 20 seconds and then try to get the ball back into the box. But um, I was going to say that on, on, on the pod, but I just figured that you guys could, you, you would sound dumb and I think that would be awesome. Um <laughs> And yeah, like it's a, if it's about, you know, money and accessibility to the sport and getting more eyes on the sport, like I'm confused about the upside. So yeah, I think it's a confusing, there's a tough argument to make if, if the point is about getting eyes on the sport, if it's not about getting eyes on the sport, then, then I'm cool with it. Right. If it, if it's not about getting eyes on the sport and it's about, uh, getting your top six guys from a smaller country, which somebody brought this up. They're like, you know, a smaller country that doesn't have a very developed lacrosse uh, environment may only have five or six guys to toss up for the world Olympics. I get that. That, that makes sense, right? That, that makes sense. You don't have the specialized position. You just have lacrosse players. That's fine. So if it's about accessibility to the game, okay, 
I, I'm, I'm on with that. But if it's about eyes on the sport, then I just, I, I can't get along with that because then you're going to have guys who have to go sift through, you know, the, what is, you know, the two point line in the professional game. Oh wait, they don't have that in American college or they don't have that in, you know, high school. Like you don't have that in you. you so like, you know what I mean? Dukes, what do you think? Yeah. I don't. So just overall, I don't have too hot of a take about it, but I've even this, this college season, and I've been like, when will college shorten the shot clock? Like, when will they go from like 80 to 68? When will they make, because, you know, in, in the NBA, they have a farther back to point line. They have a shorter shot clock. So, like, I get if the PLL has a shorter shot clock, a longer two-point line. But I think that the college game needs to kind of find a middle ground to make a two-point shot a little bit closer, like a little bit shorter of a shot clock. And then from there, basically what I'm saying is we need a universal game. I think there's just got to be like one way to play lacrosse. So if people fall in love with the game in the Olympics, they can go back, watch the PLL and understand what's going on. I think the sixes would just like confuse everybody. Um, But yeah, I think that more eyes in the game is good. Uh, And if it's accessibility, I really think that with the PLL, the shorter field, you can go two defenders, two attackmen. So if numbers is an issue, I wouldn't mind cutting down two players on the field. I mean, I don't know how that would really work, but in my head, I feel like it's a short enough field where it wouldn't make too big of an impact and it would open up the field a lot. So, I don't know. I saw you guys going back and forth. Um, I can't believe that Jordy doesn't think long poles are important, but I'll let that go. Yeah, I'll let that go. I, don't, I, don't, I, I refuse to entertain such an absurd I'm just, take. I'm just so sick and tired of showing up to men's league games and like the biggest, fattest drunk of the bunch is just out there with a long pole hacking away. Like not even actually playing lacrosse. Like he's not out there to play lacrosse. He's just out there to smash the shit out of some arms. Um, so whatever I can do to get those guys out of the game, if that means taking long poles out of the game entirely, I'm for it. Um, but no, I, I, I think that this specific move, I think that this is more for Jake and, and what you were, you know, using Jerry's take about as well. Like, I think that that's more the accessibility and the, and the, the ability to get this into the Olympics. Um, I don't really think that more eyeballs is necessarily like, cause more eyeball, like the reason for more eyeballs is for more money. Like the only reason why you would want to get more people that. to watch a sport is, is, is to get more people like to get more money for the Olympics. Like, I, like these guys aren't like, well, I don't really know. Do you get paid for the Olympics now? I don't know. I'm, I'm stuck on like, I just watch miracle too many times. Yeah. I guess you get like sponsorships, but either way, like you're not making a, a living out of playing um, in the Olympics every four years. So I, I don't think that it's about the eyeballs and the money. This, this new version of lacrosse, I just think it's so that you can get a few more countries in there to make it like somewhat of a, like, listen, this will be in the Olympics in, in 2028. And guess what? The gold, silver, bronze, in whatever order will go USA, Canada, Iroquois, if the Iroquois are able to play under their own flag. So like, but you can make it a little bit of a closer tournament. Um, if you only have to take, you know, if you only have the six best guys f- playing for whatever nation. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, but I do think 
I don't know. I've, I've, I've gone in on it. Unfortunately, like I wish that we were recording this as soon as it came out because over the last few days I've gone in so hard against long poles that I'm, I'm starting to almost feel bad for some of those takes. Cause like poles are people too. They're more or less. Mutants. It's a ricochet shot. It's yeah, unnecessary. Yeah. It's not even in the conversation. I, I mean like they're mutants, but I don't know. I, I like, the, I, I like the X-Men. Um, but yeah, I don't, I just don't think that um, that you necessarily need them to have an exciting style of lacrosse. And I think, you know, people that are going to end up watching world lacrosse sixes in the Olympics, like, yeah, you might be a little bit confused when you go to watch, you know, an NCAA game, but um, you'll get the general gist of it enough as opposed to people who will just never see the sport. Um, so it's not about getting eyeballs. It's just about getting more people to play, I guess. Um, what about um, this? Did you guys see that take? Like, would you rather, I think I'm also sold on this idea. Cause I get like field lacrosse, box across way two way different things. Would you do the winter Olympics with box across? Cause I think that that might just for be sure. the answer. For I, sure. I, w- I would say for sure with that. And also, in the same realm there, um, I, we had Ian McKay on the podcast. Uh, it was actually a while ago, so we're going to have to get Ian on again, especially after he made a uh, got, got some nice screen time on the ESPN broadcast for that uh, Maryland-Vermont game. So I don't know, maybe he's too much of a superstar for us now because he was on ESPN for four seconds. Um, but Ian McKay had mentioned that, that NCAA really needs to get into box lacrosse. Like if, if you could get a team at Vermont to play in that barn that the hockey team Mm -hmm. plays in um, that would be awesome. So yeah, I I think, but the only issue with box lacrosse is like, there just aren't enough places that are playing that because you need the rinks a little bit more equipment. So, um, you know, I, I think that world lacrosse sixes, the accessibility is, is much easier. It's going to be a whole lot easier to play um, just for like any like new program that's starting up. But yeah, box lacrosse in the Winter Olympics would be fucking awesome. Um, all right. But yeah, so it, that wasn't quite as contentious as I thought it would be. Um, I'll go off the long poles. I think that this is what I was, I just, I said I was not going to touch the long poles. The one thing that I'll say I saw you make an argument like soccer doesn't have like longer equipment to like help them on defense, all that stuff. I think that if it was only short sticks on a field, like on a in field across, there would be so many more goals because there's so much space to run around that without long poles, you can't, it's really hard to like dislodge the ball. And especially like, I don't think that like, maybe we don't have to have like six foot poles, but I think that a longer pole definitely is necessary in the field game. I also think it just brings more excitement. Yeah, like I mean, there's there's beauty in a sick takeaway check from a pole. Like if, if you see someone just nice little kayak or a nice little over the head, and like they land it, like it's it's awesome. Um, but I also feel like I don't know, like like some of the best defenders in the world, they're not really doing like a ton with it. Like they're just like so good positionally. They're they're just so good at like directing traffic as a as totally. like the quarterback of that defense, where it's like. Like some of those guys, like, you know, if, if we're talking like a, like a Eddie Glazner or something, like he, he doesn't need a long pull out there. It's, he's better 
with with a long pull out there but he doesn't like need one out there to do all the stuff that he does like i'm sure that he's just as fine with a short stick at, at shutting down a lot of guys so um you think but, so though i think that like it helps people that like are not as athletic like landis like matt landis probably doesn't need a pull but, like i think that like someone like glazner not like saying he's not athletic but i think that he like having a pull helps less athletic people for sure i think it i think it helps them no I was going to say that's why Jake has a long pole. Yeah, no, that's, 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 absol- that's absolutely yeah. it. Like I, I make up for, you know, not being a fucking speed demon, you know, by, by having like, you know, being able to keep somebody out six feet as long as I can. Right. So it's, you know, yeah. Defense is played with your hips and your feet, but the stick is also, a, it's a, it's a tool. Um, I don't really have a take on the, on the long pulls. It's a different game. So like, I don't, I, you know, sixes to me is like a different game. It's, it'll be a different, um, it'll be a different strategy. You know, that'll probably be a lot of, it'll probably be a lot of box influenced um, style of play considering that you'll have, you know, you'll probably keep, yeah, because you'll have like your two way middies, you know, the, you know, you could keep them on longer. Like, I don't know how long, how big, how big the roster is going to be. I think it's like twelve. Either yeah. either way, all we have to do just it'll be fun. Let let's just listen. All you science nerds out there, let's just take a, a bunch of samples of Tom Schreiber's blood. We'll clone mm-hmm. like about a, a few thousand Tom Schreibers. Just send them to different countries all around the world. Give them a few years to kind of like I, the the clones will grow up faster than like an actual human would. So by the time that seven years rolls around, like they'll all be like roughly like 22 to 26 and then it'll just be because like tom schreiber is the exact like he he would be the the uh the the prototype for for this discipline of lacrosse so um all we have to do i mean i know that someone out there is is cloning people right now so if we can just do that to schreiber um then i think that the 2028 olympics will pop off for sure uh, but yeah, so speaking of popping off, that's what will happen this weekend at Hofstra and at Notre Dame. So four quarter final games, we've got only seven games left on the season. It's, it's crazy to think about, um, that this season that started off so, like this has felt probably like the longest season in, in a while. Like, I, I feel like we get to this point every year and, and it's like, wow, like this really like flew by, um, it, it feels like the, I don't know, a little bit it flew by, but it also feels like we were watching that um, Denver team make that trip through North Carolina and Duke like five years ago. So uh, Saturday, it all gets going at noon on ESPNU, Virginia and Georgetown. So Virginia coming in off of a, uh, not, not a lot to be uh, really confident in, in that win over Bryant, things were a little shaky for the defending champs. And meanwhile, Georgetown fresh off of that shit pumping uh, over uh, Syracuse on that Saturday night performance. So Jay Carraway and Dylan Hess, both five goal performances, uh, Virginia, their, their big dog, you know, Schellenberger kind of showed out a little bit in that game. Laviano had a pretty good game as well, especially on the ride, but um you know, some of their big dogs definitely 
have a little bit more left to give in the tank. So Virginia, Georgetown, I believe that uh, if you were a betting man or a betting woman, uh, this game right now is, is pegged as a one and a half goal favorites to the Hoyas. So um, Dukes, how, how are you, how are you feeling? Do you think, do you agree with the defending champs coming in here to the quarterfinals as the uh, they're the higher seed, but Vegas has them as the underdogs. Yeah, I mean, I'll take that value any day of the week. I think that Virginia is going to come out and beat Georgetown. Georgetown's an amazing team, but I think LaSalle will control the X, or not control the X. I think he'll get the advantage at the X. Um, Alex Rode, we talked about him last week on the pod, how he dips a little bit low, but he's one of those goalies that what, the bigger the moment gets, the more the stronger he plays. I think he'll be huge in cage this week. And I think that this is going to be the best offense that Georgetown's dealt with the entire year off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I think Matt Moore, uh, I thought, I thought Matt Moore played pretty well last week. Uh, he had five points. So I think that him and Schellenberger will get the job done. I think Docs will come out grad student. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on the game. Uh, I think Virginia will probably win by like three or four goals. I'll take that value any day of the week. I got I got a totally different take. I think I think Georgetown is so is going to be so fired up after that cr- that that curb stomping of Syracuse that they're going to come out hot. All right, but here's the thing: this is a conditional take, right? If Georgetown comes out and gets a lead on Virginia, I think that they can crush Virginia. I think that they play they play with a lot of momentum and like if Jake Carraway comes out and like you saw the the sideline going absolutely insane for Sarah. like I think if they if they use the momentum to their advantage I think they could win I think Georgetown is going to win that game. However, if it's a close game in the fourth quarter, right? If there's a two or three goal spread in the fourth quarter, Virginia's been there so many times. Ian Laviano so cool under pressure. Alex Rode, so cool under pressure. That Virginia is a team that's been to the championship weekend. They're, you know, reigning champs. I think if, if it's a close game in the fourth quarter, Virginia will probably pull that out just because they've been there before. But I think Georgetown has enough momentum and has enough key players that they could win that game. I think, it, I, and I, I, I can definitely understand why they're favored given the events last weekend. Fuck, I don't even want to talk right now because I think that that was – I think that you kind of pinpointed that game. I, I, that, I, one, I, that was <laughs> – that was a real good breakdown of that. Like, because – like, I don't know. I, I guess I just – I guess I just haven't – I didn't know that Jay Carraway was, like, that much of a dog. Like, like I, I think that that's just, like – like, I, I knew that he always put up, like, crazy numbers – but like, I don't know. I, I I felt like we also we talked about this on the on the recap episode. But I just didn't know like he was like a sick son of a bitch who like takes like that much pleasure and enjoyment out of like just beating the shit out of his opponents. Um, like just the, the way that he celebrated some of those goals, it was like you are a psychopath. Like you are taking so much joy out of sending the Syracuse program back decades um so i like and and that right like if if he gets that energy going early um then i can definitely see him kind of keeping that chip on their shoulder type of thing because like yeah like maybe vegas has them 
right now as as the favorites in this game but like looking like just looking at the game as a whole like it's it's a georgetown team that i don't know you know people probably had like hopes for them of, of being like a, a pretty solid team in the Big East and you know maybe making a little bit of noise but I, I don't think that really anyone at the beginning of the season would be like oh yeah Georgetown's for sure a program that would be able to knock off Virginia this year um, so I think that they're going to have that kind of chip on their shoulder um, treat themselves as the as the under Hoyas in this one um, and yeah I, I think that they're they're a team that gets off on that kind of shit so um, yeah I, I gotta go I'll go Hoyas but Hoyas in a tight one. I, I think that that kind of like you said, like that fourth quarter Virginia, that fourth quarter we've been there. Um, you know, we, we kind of know what it takes to get to championship weekend. Like they'll come alive. Um, but I think that the firepower on Georgetown might just be, it'll, it'll be a, a little too, too little too late. That's, that's the phrase that I'm looking for there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm also going Georgetown, but Georgetown tight. So um dukes i'm excited wait i got something to say okay i was gonna say Um, i was gonna say virginia wins and you get to kick us both off the podcast i am (laughs) i am so excited for caraway versus road because they probably battled each other in high school so many times miaa i think caraway went to saint mary's where he's coached by rubier and i know that road went to saint paul's i played road in high school and he was an absolute beast um, so I'm excited for that because they probably know each other's tendencies pretty well. And also, I just want to give a shout out to Cade Sawstead, uh, 11 on Virginia. I think that Virginia, yeah. they, took, they had that a hiatus. So I think that they're like, got, they got the jitters out of their system. I saw Lars in the post game, had the boys gathered up in a circle talking to him. So I think that Sawstead and Kologi on Virginia, they got a big test this weekend. And, I, and I'd love to see uh, Bundy versus Jared Connors at the midfield line. Those were, I gathered my thoughts and. Really excited for those matchups. That's a good one. Kologi was a uh, was going to play club. He he was an MCLA guy. He was a Cal. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to walk on. And I mean, if I was six foot four, two hundred and five pounds, and had the reach that my man Kyle Kologi does, I think he's actually taller than that. I think he might be six five. But um, I mean, just to be able to move like that beast mode i think virginia's poles are, are definitely there they're a strong suit so i i, I think that's I'm, I'm gonna be excited i'm gonna be laid up in my hotel room chilling before the race the next day literally dark room and we'll be watching that game texting texting the boys uh because I, I think i called this game pretty close uh, i think it's going to be exactly how i described it um I'm just making that making that clear, uh, so everyone can give me shit if it just turns out to be an absolute ass kicking. So, oh yeah, I mean, uh, you, you did a pretty good job as you typically do at, of covering all your playing bases. both sides. So, so Georgetown, <laughs> if Georgetown gets out early, they win. But also Virginia could win. Um, yes. All right, and the second game on Saturday, the two thirty game, North Carolina and Rutgers. Um, listen, I, I I'm not even gonna pretend to. I've I've been out on Rutgers since the dawn of time, and uh, not nothing about that is going to change now. Um, but I, I think uh, you know, obviously, they're going to be coming off that Lehigh win, buzzing. Um, you know, Colin Kirst, un, unbelievable performance. So I I think that you know, um, 
you know, he'll, he'll make a lot of key saves in this game that keeps it a little bit tighter than it could be. Um, but I, I just, I think that the firepower for North Carolina, their ability to get the ball up and out in transition, you know, started by Will Bowen. I, I just think that it's, it's going to be a little too much to handle for Rutgers uh, who, you know, they weren't able to get wins over Maryland at all this year. So um, going up against another high powered offense uh, like North Carolina, I, I just don't see that changing for them. So I'm, I'm going North Carolina and pretty large in this one. I mean, this is all I have to say. This is my only take about it is that uh, Mikey Diggs, good friend of the pod, Mikey Diggs said that, <laughs> He would eat his phone on Instagram Live if Rutgers beat UNC. So that kind of sums my up my entire thoughts about the whole game. What what kind of phone does he use? I, I don't know. It would have to be an iPhone. Just <laughs> tearing it down, eating it one by eating it piece by piece, maybe with a, a little bit of hot sauce or something. But that kind of sums up my maybe my thoughts about the game. <laughs> yeah, eat an old <laughs> blackberry. Yeah, I just I don't think it's going to be that close. I just don't. Yeah, uh, UNC is too good, and uh, we may be. You know what? We might be dead wrong, but I think that UNC has the advantage in in goal, on defense, um, on offense, and at the face. So that's pretty much across the board. I think Rutgers can compete if they win the ground ball battle. Just being a coach right now. You know, get ground balls win games, right? I think, I think you know the boys get out there and they crush some ground balls. Like you know, they 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 stay competitive. But other than that, you know, they're gonna do their best. The game, the game's won on on the floor. Um, That's yeah, right. No, if if Rutgers wins, Diggs, bring your uh, phone over to Philly. I'll throw it in the smoker for a few hours. Get it nice and tender for you. <laughs> uh, Dukes, your 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 thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think saying everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. I think that Rutgers is going to feel that this weekend. Um, I think that I think Vegas has the line at four and a half. Yeah, I'll take UNC seven and a half. Um, I just I think that they're going to run up and down the field. I think this has the feeling of like an 18 to eight game. Um, I think that cursed Connor is going to get absolutely shut down by like Will Bowen. Um, and yeah, I think that Colin curse just He's a really, really talented goalie. I just think that he's going to face too many shots, too much talent. Uh, UNC and big, big. Yeah, you, you can only get shelled so much before uh, before you start to crack. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think. Okay, it, maybe not 18 to 8, but but I'm, I'm definitely, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't see how this one – isn't over at like the start of the fourth quarter. I'll double down 20 to eight. <laughs> 20 to eight. That is such a bold prediction. Christ. <laughs> I mean, listen, Chris, Chris Gray has been, uh, so he'll be, is, will he be the first? Uh, oh wait, no. So Caraway will get going uh, at the noon game, but then, so he'll, you know, it, it depends on what Caraway does. So he'll be there watching Caraway and then he'll know if he has to up his numbers for the Tawaraton or not. So um, if Caraway goes off, then Chris Gray will have to have a huge game following that up. So maybe, maybe 20 to eight's not too out of the, too out of the picture. All right. And then after that, hopefully, you know, listen, have yourselves a day on Saturday. Maybe, maybe let it bleed into the night a little bit, but you're going to want to get, 
your precious sleep on Saturday night because when we wake up on Sunday morning, we get to do it all again, starting off at noon with the Duke Blue Devils taking on Loyola fresh off of that uh, heart-stopping win over Denver uh, last weekend. So Loyola moves on, and you know for, uh, for their reward for taking down the Pios, they get to face Michael Sowers, Brennan O'Neill, Dyson Williams, uh, Joe Robertson, the, the whole entire crew, Nakai Montgomery at, at Duke. So, I mean, we all know what Duke has going into this game. We've all seen what Duke has all season long. Uh, they've only been getting better as the season kept going. Uh, they started clicking with the chemistry, and that's just something that Duke does all the time in general. So, you know, I, I think we saw the best out of Duke uh, that, that we've seen so far in that win against High Point, uh, especially with Sowers just being an absolute maniac in that first half. And I feel like they just keep getting better as this tournament gets going. So you've got an absolute wagon in the Duke Blue Devils. Jake, do you see any shot for the for Loyola to, you know, kind of derail this train off the tracks? I mean I can we can we throw out a different take? Like how did Duke get uh get this easy of uh two games in a row? Like how how did you know Duke's path to the Final Four is kind of a kind of a cakewalk, right? Is there some sort of conspiracy that we could throw out there? Like, I mean, you know, I I still think that Denver was the better team, but Loyola, you know, showed up. I think I think a Duke Denver game would have been much better than a Duke Duke Loyola game, just based on history. So I think that uh, Loyola robbed us of a Duke Denver game, which is fair. That's fair. It's a, you know, you gotta, there's any, any given day, you know, you show up, you play hard, you get the dub. But like, other than that, like, I, I just, I don't see it being that much of a game. Loyola's got some guys who can play, but like, it's, it's May Duke, right? You're, you're just, you know, they're going to be a, 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 a finely tuned machine out there. So, I mean, Dukes, I, I don't know. You're, you're good at coming up with conspiracy theories off the top of your head. So like, what, what do you, what's, what do you got with this one? Uh, I actually, I think I have no conspiracy behind this one, unfortunately. <laughs> but I do have to say that I think Loyola played way too emotional of a game last week to just come out and win this one and win an upset against Duke. Mm-hmm. I think Duke, as you said, is playing the best lacrosse that they've played all year. I do, however, Vegas has a line set at four and a half. So I do like Loyola to cover this game, but I like Duke to win. Um, I, I need to see Sowers playing on Memorial Day weekend. It would be if if Loyola robbed us of this. I I would need names. I would need to take names because <laughs> I, I we would we I would be very upset. <laughs> I can't even think about words that I want to say. But yeah, yeah. I, um, I think like we we saw Sam Schaefer have just a ridiculous game against Denver. Um, and obviously like, you know, some of the shot selections from Denver leave a little to be desired. Um, but like, obviously that, that save at the end, which will go down as one of the biggest saves in tournament history. Um, but he had a, he had a great game all around and kind of the same thing that we said about Colin curse with that Rutgers win over Lehigh is, is like, yeah, like it's, it's awesome that he had a great game against Denver, but 
like how much can you really like he's just going to be getting peppered for 60 minutes straight is he going to make a lot of key saves to maybe help Loyola kind of stay within that four and a half range sure um but is it is it gonna is he gonna be able to shut down this entire offense for four straight quarters definitely not so um yeah he had 16 saves on 29 shots last week against denver um he's probably gonna end up seeing a a few more shots than that um so you know i i see duke getting somewhere in that you know, probably right around that 15, 16 goal range again, kind of like they did against High Point. Is Loyola going to have enough to to get 16, 15 goals against Duke? I, I just, I don't see it. I still think that, yeah. Six, I still 16, think that, 16, 11, 16, 12. I think that four yeah. and a half is kind of right yeah. on. That, 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 that seems like a, like a good, it seems like Vegas kind of has that one dialed in a little bit. Um but yeah, I, I just like you said, if if we don't get Memorial Day sours, then what the hell are we even doing all this for? Uh, I still think that uh, like Duke's defense. I think Duke's defense is pretty vulnerable, and that Loyola can get like like you said. I think that them getting thirteen is very reasonable, unless like Adler has like one of those sixty plus days. Yeah, I think Adler's like a real good goalie, but I also don't think that he's one that it's like, yeah, he's going to completely shut down an offense. Same. And I, you know, I, I think Lindley and Olmstead have, you know, they, they've both built up nice little careers for both of them. Um, you know, even though Lindley, as, as we've mentioned, is just ugly as shit with that lack of tilt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think 16 12. I like 16-12. The final game to wrap up this quarterfinal weekend, it's uh, maybe maybe the most – I don't want to call it controversial, but, you know, it's the number three Maryland Terps who will, I guess, be the home team at Notre Dame against – your Notre Dame fighting Irish, Duke. So this is the 2-30 game on ESPNU – um, and, and I'll tell you what there, cause yeah, so they will be the home team. So there I've, I feel like kind of like, again, like what I, what we said about Jake Carraway being a dog, like being a killer who really like takes like a sick amount of pleasure in humiliating his opponent. I think that for this Maryland team, to be at Notre Dame as the home team and then just beat the brakes off of the Irish on their own field. Like that is about as alpha as a move as you could get. And if you want your mantra to be, be the best, like that's, that's what it is right there. So I'm, I'm thinking that this is a huge, like, Hey, like let's go into their house, rail their lady, sleep on their bed, mow their lawn like this is our house now so that that's where i'm at on this one um i think jake maybe maybe let's let's let you go here on this one and then let's see if if dukes the the notre dame fanboy can really rally this one home to to close this one out to see if he can win one of us on his side so jake you're up i mean so like you know i've given a lot of of uh I've given a lot of Maryland hate in the past. We know this. Um, we know this to be true. 
Um, I think Wait, that on this podcast, on this po- on this very podcast, you might never, you might you, never heard it. I don't think you've ever heard it. It it, it comes. Um, it's very slight, right? It, you you don't. It, it's very uh, like underhanded. It's, it's over jet. my head. Yeah, yeah, it's right over your head. So, oh, well, you, you know, you're short, so it just goes flies right over. Uh, <laughs> so it, let let's just. Leave, I mean, we're we're gonna be honest, right? We're, we're this is this is a, this is a, we're all we're all grown men. We can we can be honest here. Um, Maryland has been in this situation before and always able to close it out, right? So they can make it to the final four. They're a team that can make it to the final four. They're a team that's been to the final four. Um, Notre Dame is a slightly younger team. I am what, what I am most excited for is Jared Bernhardt versus Jack Keelty. Okay. I'm excited for, I mean, Maryland is loaded with firepower. We know this to be true. Logan was now, it's just your boy, Kyle Long, JB, JB one, um, Eric Maliver. I mean, they've got all, they've got guys who can score Bubba's been turning it on, right? Like, so you've got, you just, we could keep going down the line, right? They can pull guys off of the bench who can score, but Notre Dame has an extremely good defense and they play um, with uh, a ferocity. And they also, both of these teams capitalize off the mistakes of other teams. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a close game, but unfortunately for Dukes, all right, I think that Maryland's going to pull it out simply because if they get into a close game, I think that Maryland is, it's the same situation with UVA and Georgetown. Maryland understands what it takes to get to championship weekend. Um, you know, and Notre Dame is going to have to play a flawless game, right? If Notre Dame plays a flawless game and they capitalize on every single mistake that Maryland makes and they give them hell at the, at the face-off X, which is going to be tough because Shockey is heating up, right? So Shockey heats up at the right time, you know, to battle with, uh, with Gallagher. Like that's, I mean, it's kind of like a perfect storm here, right? So this game is like literally the perfect storm. And I just, I don't really know how to feel about it. I would, ex- I, I have an expectation that Maryland will come away with it, but I would love for Notre Dame to make it to the final four. That's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I know Dukes is just going to rip me apart. He just sat back in his seat. No, like, I'm, about to ro- I'm about to roast this motherfucker. So I have a lot. I've like in my head, I had I, I have a million things flying, but I'll start off with this. Shockey heating up conspiracy that hour. Tommy Burke, number three in the nation for face-off percentage. He's a stud. Um, you know, Erlen did it at uh, Albany. Really good conference. But it's kind of like, you know, when you see that like, Heisman finalist in college football that threw for like 5,000 yards, like 10,000 yards, 60 touchdowns, and he played in the MAC. Kind of woke mm. that Tommy Burke just really didn't play anyone that good until he faced Shockey. So the, the, the Zach I, Wilson of faceoff guys. Ex- exactly. Zach the Colt Brennan. Like, shout out Colt Brennan, rest in peace. Colt Brennan, yeah, RIP, oh. threw for a bajillion yards and then he played did. Georgia in the Sugar Bowl and couldn't even score a touchdown. So I remember. I'm pretty, pretty, I, I yeah, remember I'm, that. Yeah, yeah, go dogs. I'm pretty yeah. woke on uh, Shockey. I think this is good, like his biggest test by far. But yeah, echoing what Jake said, I think that Jack Healty is the worst matchup for Jared Bernhardt because both of them excel in their athleticism and they usually can both use their athleticism to their advantage. And then Wisnowskis, great shooter. I'm interested to see who Notre Dame puts on Wisnowskis. Are they going to put Thornton? Or are they going to put Cohen? Um, I think either way, I think that they can both shut down uh, Wisnowski. 
It's just like, what would they rather do? So I think that Notre Dame on defense, short stick D-Middies, they're going to shut down the Maryland midfield. I think that their defense is going to shut down the Maryland. So I see this one actually going like under. Uh, I don't know what Vegas has the over-under at, but I have this one going under. And then Pack half this is, this is a big game. That the Notre Dame offense got good looks against Drexel, weren't able to capitalize. So I'm sure that Corgan's going to have these boys ready. Um, I, I, I still see Notre Dame by five. Like, Notre Dame by five. Wait, are you, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you whoa, on so, drugs? So, so a game that hits the under, but then Notre Dame by five? What yeah, he's saying, like, he's saying I think eight, that three. Maryland puts up like eight, I think three. Like, I'm gonna uh, like in my head it's like 12-7, 11-7. Like I think okay, you get Bernhardt. I, I think Bernhardt gets not completely shut. What's shutting down Garrett Bernhardt? One and one. Like, like yeah, two and one, one. And one maybe two, two and one. one. Yeah, I was gonna say three like, points seems about fair. I I just don't think the Maryland midfield is gonna do anything. Like, at all. I don't think that they're going to control possessions. I think that Entenman is, like, I – the way I feel about Liam Entenman, like, I think that he, he's going to go down in lacrosse history as one of the best goalies of all time. Like, I, I've never I, – if I could buy stock in someone, I would buy stock in Liam Entenman. I, he's going to be a day-one starter in the PLL. His big, the biggest concern – this is – I'll say this. If Notre Dame – doesn't win or they don't win by four it's going to be because of clearing they've had clearing issues the entire year and that could come to bite them in the ass and you know how lethal maryland is on on capitalizing on transition and clearing. Mm -hmm. so i i think i think pat cav is going to have a tough time with nick i would expect nick grill to be on pat cav and nick grill is a dog he's an absolute dog I just, you know, Pat Cav always find, and, and I agree with you here. Pat Cav always finds a way to score, no matter what. Um, but we could also say that about about Jaron Bernhardt too. So I'm really torn about, you know, I'm really torn about that matchup. I, I mean, I'm assuming Nick Grill would would, would play Pat Cav, and right? McCarr. But, yeah, and McCarr also, as well. Like, in my life, growing up on Long Island, watching Shamanad versus St. Anthony's. You always heard about Matt Cav, how big of a dog mm. he was, how like competitive he was, and you're like, wait, St. Anthony's has these like like ten out of their eleven starters are all going D one. Matt Cav just like shoved it down his throat. So I, I'll never in my life ever bet against a Kavanaugh. And then when I'm in college, you start hearing about this little kid Pat Kavanaugh on Long Island, how he's really good. He's a little shifty. If he just grows a couple of inches, he'll be like the next coming. And you're starting to see it all come together. I think that like even Nick Grill's size, his quickness, Nick Grill's quickness is what like benefits him so much. So he'll be able to stay with Cav. But I think that Cav's going to see, see this matchup and he's going to feel comfortable being like, I can, like, I'll, I'll trust my quickness. I'll get separation. Um, and like Griffin Westland, who's like, uh, Griffin Westland's pack Cav's like right-hand man. He's, he's, he's his Robin. He didn't have a single point last week. So I'm sure in practice, they were talking about getting Weston the ball, getting him in the shots. So I am very, very excited for this game at 2.30 on Sunday. Just, are, you, are you and Josh going to fight over, you know, Josh, the guy, are you Josh going to fight over the Terps versus, versus Notre Dame? You can have little fisticuffs in the Barstool office. I mean, I've been saying since week two of the college across season that Notre Dame would wipe Maryland off the floor. I, 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 like, if this, this could be like a Notre Dame, like, one goal game, and I'll come into the pod, and I'll just be like, ah, 
like they didn't win by five. Like I, I seriously think that this is not like I, I, I just don't see it being really close. I don't know why. This well, is the best offense that Maryland will face all year too, right? Yeah. Other than Duke, you mean, I, I well, mean Duke, yeah, but like, Duke. No, Maryland. It, it, oh, sorry, Maryland. Yeah, this will be the first one. Yes. Listen, like I, I know that so much has changed from last year, but. Like and and they're they're different team. They're not entirely different teams, but like you know, like Notre Dame, like you know, now they've added Thornton and, and Gallagher. But like last year, these two teams played pretty similar rosters. It was fourteen to nine Maryland, like very similar. Wisnowski's had five goals, so like you think in in just one year they're gonna shut down with like Bernhardt probably had an off game on that. Looking back on the box score right now. He had two and two. Um, looking at some CTOs, Kielty had nothing. Um, Entman gave up 14 on, on uh, what, what did he have here? 30 shots. So, I mean, a, a good performance from him out of the cage, but uh, it, it looks like McNaney also had a, a pretty solid day. He was, you know, 10 saves, 19 shots again. But what I'm saying, that, that's a... Jordan is just... Teams. You don't think they're two different teams? They're they're very different, and like I, I think that this is a Notre Dame team that is that, that has grown into itself more this year than in the early goings of last year. Um, now I do think that you know not having someone like a like a Brian Costabile to to kind of lead the way there too hurts a little bit, but like Pat Cav has grown into his role as a Tawarton finalist. Um, I don't know. I, I just Again, like I, I think that, I think that this will be a very close game. I think that it'll be um, a lot of good matchups on all all ends of the field. I, I'm not like a crazy McNamee fan, um, but I, I think that you know, I just don't know how deep Notre Dame is. So like, if you're able to kind of force them into you know, getting some of their other guys to to beat you instead of just Pat Cav. I think that you give McNaney a chance there to do what he needs to do to allow his offense to just because they're 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 lethal from anywhere. So yeah, like hey, maybe you shut Bernhard off for like a quarter and a half. You're not going to be able to shut him down the whole time. Like, the, and this is also the only game of the weekend that we have two Tawarton finalists going head to head. I think that Pat Cav is is a sick son of a bitch. I think that the Kavanaugh family are a bunch of sick sons of bitches. I mm-hmm. don't, but I, I, they're like they're like gritty sons of bitches. Like I think that Jared Bernhardt is a legitimate psychopath. So I, I don't think that there's any way that he heads into this game and isn't like looking for I'm going to fucking murder this team just so that I make sure that Pat Kavanaugh doesn't win it to war. Like I, I think that he's more of a psycho. And Pat Cav is more of just like a, and like a, I don't know, like gr- gritty. I feel like gritty's not the word I want to use because gritty almost makes it sound like he's like not actually good at lacrosse. But like, I don't know, like tough as nails, sick as sick as a dog. But um, I don't know. I I just think that Bernhardt and the fact that these guys are going to Notre Dame and playing on their field as the home team, I just I don't. I don't see it, Dukes. I'm sorry. I think you're severely underrating uh, Notre Dame's midfield and their depth. 
I think Notre Dame's midfield's nasty. Nasty. Like McCann, McCann, uh, Jackaboys, um, Dobson. Like I think McNaney's gonna yeah, see Dobson. Dobson shot. He's gonna see one of Dobson's shots and be like, whoa, this ain't this ain't the Big Ten. Um and then you got like Lipka, Leahy, both grad transfers. I I still love Notre Dame. I mean it, it, hopefully we get a good game. I I, I think hopefully that we're we get a good game. I, yeah, I think that we're gonna get a like this is this is one that'll come down to the wire, I think. Um so I, I don't see fourteen to nine Maryland repeating that last year's score. Um I don't see the twelve seven Notre Dame either. Um yeah, I just I don't know. Like Notre Dame's midfield, they're fine. They're they're good. But I just don't think that they're quite as and also like just look they don't have any All right, so Pacav like leads the way with 36 assists. The next closest is Griffin Westland with with 13. Just just looking at those stats right now. Like I don't know. I just I just think that it's a, it's a lot of Pat Cav either doing everything or like people just have to go hero ball and and do it themselves and I think especially as it gets hotter, I don't know what the temperature is going to be like in South Bend, um but like as you get deeper into the tournament, like I feel like you need those those feeders to to get it done and I think that Maryland has more than Notre Dame, but that's the beauty of this podcast is uh, we record this shit before it all happens and then the games get played and one of us ends up looking like an idiot more often than not. It's uh, so this will be a more good comment. One, oh, Dukes, you can have as many comments as you want. Yeah, as many as you need. I just, so me doing my due diligence, I just crunched the numbers, which equals Googling the box score from last year. And you were correct. Maryland won 14 to nine. I saw this though. Maryland won the faceoffs 18 to 26. Something to think about. Something to think about because they got a grad transfer, Kyle, Kyle Gallagher, pretty good. I like it. I think that's going to be the X factor. All right. Well, hey, maybe, maybe we were a little too, too quick to jump the gun on banning the faceoffs. So um, <laughs> now, if, if this was a game of, uh, of world across sixes, I, I would still, I would go Maryland by seven. Yeah. I'd go Maryland by 12. Yeah. Yeah. So if, 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 if because it's just like the polls, I think of the X factors. Yeah. So maybe, you know, maybe we'll, we'll see, maybe uh, we can kind of just real quick rule change um, and get a quick look at world across sixes in the quarterfinals before we have to wait until 2028 to make it happen. Uh, but yeah. So uh, Jake, are so you're kind of the deciding factor on here. I think you ended up on yeah, Ma- I'd say Maryland, Ma- Maryland, Maryland at the very end. Just yeah, Maryland at the, the very the being end. There. Yeah, Maryland in the very end. Just based on based on experience and keeping calm, I think that uh, that's it's a safe take. But I think it's a I think it's a decent one. Okay, so real quick, just for transparency purposes, let's let's go through our uh, four final selections. So uh, I'll start. I got Georgetown over Virginia. I've got UNC over Rutgers. I'm Duke over Loyola and Maryland over Notre Dame. Yeah, I got those. All right, and then uh, Dukes. I, I I think you you ended up with Virginia over Georgetown. 
Yeah, Virginia, UNC, um, Notre Dame, and Duke. That's what I had going into this tournament. That's what I'll go with this weekend. All right. So uh, unofficial ACC tournament Memorial Day weekend brought to you by Dukes. And uh, so, yeah. Hey, four games this weekend. Soak them all in. Make sure that you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at the crease dive is the handle for both of those. Uh, also, you know, you can follow us, our personal accounts at call me Shido, at Dukes and at Jordy Barstool. So, Uh, We'll have the boys fired up with some content all weekend long. Great games to watch. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. Well, I ain't gonna work today. Just wanna sit around and play. Gonna hit balls off the dock. Kick back in my flip-flops. Don't owe nothing to the lender. Nothing spinning in the blender. The only thing on my agenda is beers and sunshine, bonfires in summertime, back porch nights in South Carolina. Ain't nothing finer than me and my girls striking up a little lighter. Cause everybody's down in a world gone crazy. Don't know how to fix it, but I think maybe turn on the good times, turn off the TV. Yeah, the only BS I need is beers and sunshine. Let's get our friends and hit the lake Grab a boat and get to floating